Welcome to the Team Us podcast. We're Ted and Ashley Slater. As couples, we all want to win in marriage, right? And we don't mean in a who's right or who's wrong sort of way, but together as a united team. Oneness in marriage isn't always easy, though. Sometimes it's really hard. It can be a struggle to stay connected and face the difficulties of everyday life together. If we're not intentional, it's easy for the us, the you and me, to quickly become you versus me. Well, this podcast is all about marriage as a team and how to live the everyday moments of your marriage together. We'll share honestly and humorously with you about the betters and the worse of our marriage. You'll hear how grace, commitment, cooperation, and lots and lots of laughter have helped us stay united. Plus, in every episode, you'll also get some practical tips and tools to apply to your marriage. We want to see your team us win. We're cheering you on. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Team Us podcast. It's good to be back with y'all. Yes. Well, today we're talking about how to walk together through the really hard situations and seasons and losses that we experience as couples. We're looking at what we can do to remain a strong team during them and how to brave sorrow together. So, Ted... In our 18-plus years of marriage, we faced a lot of hard things together. We have. But I thought we would talk specifically about what I've called our weeping years. There are a couple of years where it was loss after loss after loss, and not just one kind of loss, but several. So it started back in 2010, but then we walked through miscarriage, Mm -hmm. um, which was very hard. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we go in this episode. There were was a job loss. That was hard. I love my job. Yeah. That was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. I think you found a lot of identity in that job. Absolutely. Um, And then we moved because you got a new job Mm. and then that just was not a good fit. Did not not work out. Um, So I think, I think you were laid off from that job like two or three days after we had our fourth daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, And then got another job and moved again. It was just, it was hard. It was one thing after another. And Mm -hmm. I remember like it got to the point where the phone would ring. So it's back when we had a landline Mm -hmm. (laughs) would ring and I would be like, Oh no, what What now? now? What Mm -hmm. is going to go wrong now? Um, I think this is probably the toughest couple years. Some of the toughest couple years of my life. Right. You know, I know a lot of people go through tough stuff. Right. You know, I've got some friends with chronic pain. Yeah. And that would be hellish. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we have gone through some difficult things. So I think we can relate to those who have gone and right. are going through some really tough yeah. times. Yeah. And if you're listening and going through something, it might be different from what we've gone mm-hmm. through. Um, but maybe there are some principles right. that we talk about that will be helpful and encouraging mm-hmm. to you as you're walking through whatever your hard thing is. Um, so yeah, I guess let's talk about some of the practical ways, um, that as couples, we can remain a team when life is hard. Um, and we could talk, there are a lot of different things we could share, but we only have so much time. So we're going to talk about three. Mm -hmm. And the first one is that in our marriage, we don't play the blame game. We have talked about blame in marriage quite a few times. I think we talked a little bit about it. In the last episode, we were talking mm-hmm. about having a lighthearted marriage. Now, when you say blame, I think of accusation, 
Mm-hmm. And isn't Satan known as the accuser of the brethren? Yes. I mean, that's like one of his principal occupations, is accusation and accusing. Right. So, yeah, we don't want to do that. No. no. And I mean, if we think back to the garden, which mm-hmm. we keep going back to the garden, but I mean, that mm-hmm. was our first episode. That's where the first team was. That was humanity's first episode. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what, as soon as things went wrong, as soon as things got mm-hmm. hard, that's what Adam and Eve started doing. I mean, mm-hmm. Adam blamed God, Adam blamed the woman, Eve mm-hmm. blamed the serpent, but... I mean, whatever it is, whatever that hard thing is that we're going through as couples, pointing fingers at our spouse and saying it's your fault, we're in this difficult season, never helps. Mm -mm. It doesn't foster unity. It doesn't help with cooperation. um, But it's easy to want to do that. Absolutely. Right. I mean, if if the the first perfect humans, you know, fresh out of the ground, (laughs) um, found themselves accusing, blaming, you know, it's kind of built into humanity, especially fallen humanity. So right. it's good to Part resist that. It's good to be aware of that and do our best not to practice it. Right. But I mean, it's not, I mean, when we look in the New Testament, a lot of the New Testament writing, um, I'm trying to think which books, mm-hmm. especially maybe it's, um, I think Paul might do this a lot. Mm-hmm. He'll say, don't do this, but do this. Yeah. Right. You know, if you take, if you stop doing this, put this on instead. So what, yeah. instead of blaming, what we can do is face the defeat together. Whoa, that's heavy. What do you mean? You know, as a team, you know, well, one thing like we talked about last time is have a common enemy, find a common enemy in the situation. Maybe it's like we talked about job loss mm-hmm. because we went through that a lot. Um, instead of me saying, well, Maybe if you hadn't done this, you'd still have this job, mm-hmm. which I did not do. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's always the temptation. So when we face defeat together, I think it really is saying, okay, here we are. All we can do is go forward. Mm-hmm. So going forward instead of going backward. Okay, so the second thing is, is that we allow each other to grieve in our own way. And I don't think it was until we walked through the miscarriage Mm -hmm. that I realized that we grieved very, very differently. Like I'm very, I would say I'm very emotional. I'm like, I am feeling this loss and I am going to feel it deeply and I'm going to experience all that that means. You know, it means sometimes I might have some questions. Um, Does not mean that I, I don't tend to get angry with God, but I might have questions. Um, whereas I think you were very much like, okay, God is sovereign. This is what happened. So it is what it is. You know, I think that's a little more of what your approach was. Right. Um, we've, sometimes I I say that I'm resigned to God's will, that I'm a Christian fatalist and I think that can cause me to be lazy and a little disengaged. And Um, maybe not actually deal with it. Right. So when we had the miscarriage, um, I I was like, okay, that's, that happened. Um, God permitted it. So there you go. Right. But I think even though you didn't understand maybe how I was grieving, you still let me grieve in that way. It did. Whereas, and we did some special things. Right. Whereas you know, I think the... I may have struggled 
more to let you grieve in your own way because mm-hmm. I felt like maybe you weren't grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I think it's different because I think you you grieved right up right when it happened, and for me, I tend to be a little slow at things. Um, even now, you know, so many years later, sometimes we're with our, with our kids and I'm, I'm like, okay, there's one, two, three, four. And, and it's almost like there's this absence, like there should be a fifth. Well, I think that, you know, as we are grieving differently, I think there's some things that we learned, um, that could be helpful to mm-hmm. remember, um, as we're walking through that. And I think one is that, you know, we're wired differently. Mm-hmm. You know, not only do you and I have different personalities, which I think affected the way we grieved then and still grieve things now, um, the simple fact that you're a man and I'm a woman affects how we grieve. It does. I mean, don't they say uh, women are spaghetti and I'm, no, waffles? (laughs) One of us is Mars and Venus Venus. is spaghetti (laughs) and waffles. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but men and women tend to be different. Right. You know, it's generalization but yeah i mean we're not just wired different physically we're wired different mentally yeah, and I emotionally are. so we're not going to respond to everything the same right i tend to sort of um um you know find myself in a i gotta fight this thing i gotta deal with this thing i get all you know passionate about processing whatever and not so much feeling so i go right to fix the problem rather than to you know experience What's happening. Right, which in some ways benefits us because sometimes one of us needs to be strong, and one of us needs to do that. Yeah, because the other one can't. Right at the time, mm-hmm. and so I think when we realize and anticipate that each of us by nature is going to respond differently, sometimes in ways mm-hmm. we can't even understand about each other, it helps us be more understanding and more patient and more gracious mm-hmm. with each other. So I think remembering that we're wired differently is very helpful when we're grieving. Um, also that we often have different vantage points, right? You know, um, I think I was much closer in some ways to the loss because it was so early in the pregnancy. Right. Well, you were carrying a baby. I wasn't right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, my body reminded me of the death because I felt like it was, should have been nurturing this baby. Mm. And it wasn't right. Um, I mean, for those of you that don't know our story, it is in, it is in the book. But we basically we went to our ten week appointment mm-hmm. where we brought one of our daughters with us. Uh, yes, the first time and ever. And a video camera to record it. Yeah, first time ever um, that we had brought a daughter, uh, one of the other girls, with us. Um, it was a ten week appointment. Um, we were supposed to be able to hear the heartbeat for the mm-hmm. first time. They could not find the heartbeat. Um, and so they took us in to do an ultrasound mm-hmm. and that's when they discovered that the baby hadn't been growing for probably five weeks. Mm. So I felt very much like I was a walking tomb. Mm. Um, and I mean, the pregnancy had felt different than the others. So I think there was part of me that knew something was wrong, but didn't want to admit it. Um, mm. but yeah, so we had very different vantage points. Um, and I think that's important to remember too, because that affects how you grieve respects that affects your emotional response. Right. Um, and like when I lost my job, my vantage point was different from yours. I was losing my identity in a way, losing my, 
you know, role as a, you know, a provider for the family and stuff. And then with the miscarriage, you know, your, your vantage point was uh, so much closer. Yeah, no, that's a great point on the job. I hadn't thought about that. I also think that we have to remember as we're grieving, because when we grieve differently, sometimes we can feel alone, but different isn't the same as alone. So even though, you know, as couples, as husbands and wives, we may experience grief differently, we still need to attempt to walk through it together, you know, to confide and listen to each other, even if we don't understand the way that the other one is wired or how things look from their vantage point. Um, we can remember there are differences don't have to isolate us. They can still unite us. And I think that's very important. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, so we have talked about two practical ways to help us brave sorrow together, and I feel like we've been all over the place with it. Um, Not playing the blame game and remembering that we may grieve differently and giving each other freedom Mm -hmm. to do that. And the third one, which I think is the most important one, which is why I have saved it for the end here. Mm -hmm. Best for last. Best for last. Is the importance of pointing each other to God and his good character. This was and continues to be huge when we go through loss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ted, you know, even though you and I haven't processed our loss is the same as we've talked about, we have always agreed on one thing and that's no matter what we faced, God is good and he's working for our good. Right. Like I remember that <clears throat> moment when we were leaving the doctor's office with our daughter and the very hard news that I think we were still in shock from. And we looked at each other and we said, God is still good. Um, and I think we continue to remind ourselves, remind each uh, ourselves and each other of that. I mean, that doesn't mean that we didn't struggle. I mean, you remember, as I said, I don't remember being angry at God, but I remember having questions and I remember wondering, okay, why even pray? Because my prayers during that pregnancy weren't very effective. At least that's how it felt. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember sharing that with you, Ted, and do you remember what you said to me? I do. Um, I said, uh, well, prayer is a conversation. Prayer is relationship. Right. Um, and you know, you go through something severely disappointing. Um, big loss. And even if you've talked to 
the Lord about, you know, praying for the health of the baby. Um, if things don't work out as we had hoped, there's no reason to break off the relationship. You still got to keep talking and maybe, you know, you know, maybe what the prayers sound like are, you know, um, please comfort me. Use this in some way to bless others. Um, you know, you can still pray even after prayer seems ineffective. Yeah. And I think that was very encouraging. I think I needed to hear that at the time. And I think um, when we as couples are going through difficult things and we remind each other about God and his good character mm -hmm. and that he's working good, that it becomes a lot easier for us to recognize that good as he's working it. Right. And now I've, I've said that I'm sort of a Christian fatalist. Uh, and again, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but I don't mean that, uh, you know, everything will unfold as it will and it'll all sort of fall apart. What I mean is that everything will unfold. Um, and that God is in control and that he's good. And so um, yeah, just having that as a foundation, I mean, you know, we've got a lot of life left together, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to have some losses and some painful times. Um, you know, I think of some uh, people in the limelight, Christians in the limelight, who've lost their children. Mm -hmm. And, oof can't imagine how hard that would be, but, um, you know, that's no reason to turn our backs on God. Right. Cause I mean, death happens. It sucks, but, uh, yeah. God remains good through it all. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think one of the things for us is, you know, I may have had my questions like, you know, why pray? Is it effective? Mm -hmm. But I don't think either of us through any of it asked why us? We actually thought, why not us? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, Jesus said in John 16, you will have trouble, mm -hmm. but take heart. Because I have overcome the world, right? And Through I think death. Back, yeah, crazy, right? Right. Well, I think back to this whole concept of mm -hmm. when we focus on God's character and him working good, we do see it. Like I think about, I'm going to tell one more story before oh, yes. we close. I think about during that season, you know, I, we had the miscarriage. Um, you'd lost your job mm -hmm. and we're having a hard time, having a very hard time with that. Right. Um, and we were sort of thinking, you know, God, this doesn't feel like you're being good to us. Right. But we got a call from one of the pastors at the church we were going to. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, Ashley, can you come in? I have something for you. And I said, okay. So I go in. And he hands, I'm going to cry mm -hmm. as I tell the story. Well, this is, you know, the weeping episode about mm -hmm. the weeping years, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he hands me this envelope and he says, you know, there was someone in our church who had been through a difficult season um, and now they're in a good season and they wanted us to give this to someone. You might have to finish the mm -hmm. story who is going through a difficult season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he said, I don't know what's in this envelope, but we prayed and we felt like we were supposed to give it to you guys. Hmm. And at that moment, it could have been a dollar. 
-hmm. in the envelope because I was in a, to pull it together here, Mm -hmm. I felt forgotten by God. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew he had not forgotten us, but I had my moments going, God, do you see us? Do you see what we're going through? Because, I mean, everything was hard at that point. Um, And I felt like he said, I see you. Right. So you opened the envelope. I'm not going to say how much was in there, but it was more than a dollar. (laughs) Right. But it was, to me, the most important thing about it was that it was a reminder that he saw us and he was working things out Mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. It was uh, was a lot of money. It helped us pay some bills. Um, But even more than the money, it was... You're going to get choked up now. <laughs> you know, it's the thought that counts. People say yes. that like, uh, you know, blowing something off, like, oh, that was a lousy gift. Well, it's the thought that counts. In this case, it was a wonderful gift. Yeah. And more powerful to me was the thought that counts, that God had put it in the minds of these people to be generous, and our church had prayed, and the Lord had led them to give it to us right. by God's guidance. And so it was a reminder that we weren't forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, by God. Yeah. And even after, that was our church in Colorado Springs, um, where we lived. Um, And then once we moved, we moved two more times. And I feel like God continued to provide us um, churches, places Mm -hmm. in the body of Christ where he showed us his goodness through his people. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it was just tangible ways of helping us out or whether it was... Casserole. Right. Or a pot roast. I pot roast. Pot roast. Was, right? Or it was, um, you know, Ted, you had a lot of anger, I think, in those those years that you had to work through because it was hard losses. I did. I did. I certainly did. The, the, one of the churches that he placed us at, I mean, that I think... In Springfield. He, yeah. He just... That church was just the perfect place mm-hmm. for... Um, to help you work through some of that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think this episode is getting long. We could keep talking. <laughs> right. But... Um, I wish we had more time, um, but let's look back at what we've talked about and hopefully both of us can hold it together as we do. Right. Um, so when we face sorrow as a couple, we can brave it together by refusing to play the blame game. You know, let's face this defeat together. Remember that we may grieve differently from each other um, and allow freedom for that. That grieving differently does not mean we're grieving alone. We can still grieve together Um, and by pointing each other back to our good God who promises to be with us. So God is good. God is good. All the time. time. All the time. You know, whether we feel like it or not, because our feelings do not dictate his character. Right. Absolutely. So, all right. Us time challenge. Do we have one of those for? Of course we do. Um, well, I mean, in scripture, Oftentimes, I'm thinking in the Old Testament particularly, when God delivered his people through something, they did something to memorialize the occasion. They piled some rocks or they did Mm -hmm. something to remember. They have stones of of remembrance, Mm -hmm. right? Or they had holidays to remember. Mm -hmm. And so remembering the goodness and faithfulness of God is... Very biblical. Very biblical. It must it must work. It must be good. So maybe we can do something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, so those of you listening, why don't you make a list of the ways God has been faithful to you as a couple? Mm-hmm. And then put it someplace that you see it. 
You know, you might put it on your fridge or your bathroom mirror, or maybe it's your screensaver on your phone or your laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, right. If God has helped you in the past, it's in his character to continue helping you through what you're going through now or what you'll go through next week. Right. It's just, yeah. just his nature. Good. All right. Well, we got through that with too much, without too much crying, right? right? And just to clarify, we get choked up when we cry because we are so moved by the goodness of God as we look back um, at how he has worked and continues to work in our lives and in our marriage. Um, yeah. So anyway, we hope that this was encouraging and helpful to you. And remember, we're cheering on your team us. The Team Us podcast is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed Ted and Ashley's conversation today, would you leave the show a rating and review in your favorite podcast app? It really does help more people like you find the show. This podcast was produced by me, Kelly Givens, and Stephen Sanders, with executive oversight by Stephen McGarvey. To find more faith-filled, encouraging podcasts like this one, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.